Uh, hi. Hi. Sorry, this is weird. I, I was supposed to be hosting this show. What? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm hosting this show. Are you, are you sure? Uh, box off the time machine? Yeah, no, no. Here, look, look at my, I got my, my Apple uh, podcast thing. I mean, I know it's not the best. I, here, I, I can show you in different uh, audio apps. Here, it says right there, John, hosted by John Rashad. No, look at my, my Spotify app. It says it's hosted by Veronica Urofsky. Yeah, that, that looks good to me. Oh, this uh, is I, uncomfortable, huh? I guess, do you, I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous. I know this is kind of weird and people mm, get taken advantage yeah. of in all sorts of ways, but do you want to like host it together? I feel like we're both put out. It's neither of our faults. Oh, God, you know, oh, I shouldn't, but God, it's mm. late and I really got to get this episode recorded. I mean, hell, this movie came out two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I guess we can. Um, where should we record? Do you have like a, a, a dank soundproof spot we can record in? Uh, oh, yes, yes, I do. That's where I torture people with my singing. Um, red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Another perfect opening. We've been gone for a few months, but we came back just fucking nailing it, clearly. I know, I know. It's like we haven't lost a step. Yeah, everything except getting the episode out in the week when the movie was number one, <laughs> the premise of the of the show. Well, yeah, that's kind of, I guess this is one is on me. I've been moving, <laughs> dear listener. I no longer live in Manhattan. It's true. It's true. And I never lived in Manhattan. But what is the premise of this show that we're (laughs) fucking up? (laughs) Oh, well, we watch a number one movie at the box office, usually the same week that it's number one. (laughs) Or watch an old one the same week that it's number one X decades ago. Yeah, that's usually a movie that was number one like 10, 20, 30 or 40 years ago and not two weeks ago but hey no. we've got a time machine time is irrelevant so whatever what this time. is box office time machine i'm john Burchad. i'm veronica Yaraski. yep and what is the now number two movie that we're discussing this week the movie is called barbarian well there's actually no exclamation point at the end of it but yes, it's called <laughs> it's <Barbarian>. implied <laughs> it's implied i exclaimed barbarian is a a new horror comedy written and directed by zach kreger you may know him uh from whitest kids you know the sketch comedy troupe formerly of ifc right is that who Mm -hmm. aired it 
I have no idea. I've never watched it. <laughs> I primarily watched it high in college, so I don't remember where it was airing. We probably downloaded it off the Rutgers student server. Um, but it was Ooh. a funny uh, sketch comedy show. And boy, ladies and gentlemen, the sketch comedy to horror pipeline continues to be unmatched. <laughs> we've got uh jordan peele we've got barbarian from the wise kids you know and soon we will have uh, uh the menu written by some uh new york uh sketch comedians or at least one i forget the backstory of the other but yeah it, it, comedy and horror is fun together and it's nice that hollywood keeps giving these people money and the movies make money yeah, that's true. Even though, I guess to spoil, I did not like this movie. Oh, <laughs> I oh am wow. Glad, I am glad original movies are being made. Wow. Wow, we're going to differ because I really like this movie. Oh, I know. I know. We're, we're about to differ. Oh, I, I my. Put on my. You read my letterbox? Gloves. Uh, well, I've read your texts oh, okay. <laughs> in, our group, in our group text chain. Um, yeah, I, I've actually seen this movie twice now. Um, and I felt fairly similarly both times. Well, that's what happens when you travel across the country and see a movie and then you go back home to where you live and people are like, oh, hey, did you see that movie? Uh, you end up seeing it twice. Mm, Cause you're a good friend. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, John Bruchette. Great. And I just like going to the movies. It's fun. Uh, But yeah, Barbarian, um, for those of you who don't know, I'll say this off the bat, um, and maybe you'd agree with this whether or not uh, uh, you liked it, which you apparently did not. Um, I think this is a movie that you shouldn't know much about going in with a caveat. Um, (laughs) The trailer said very little about this movie. I did not hear when it was coming out. And then just suddenly people were like, hey, that new movie's good. And so I went Mm -hmm. to see it and I, I agreed. Um, but yeah, no, this is a horror comedy that is best to not know anything about it. It is more fun to f- <laughs> to uh, experience the twists as they come in with a caveat. And that ca- caveat is um, this movie is uh, heavily deals with subject matter that some people would prefer a content warning about ahead of time. Um, Do you mean because it's set in Detroit? (laughs) Yes, yes. Some people want to know right away whether or not it takes place in Detroit. Trigger warning, yes, it takes place (laughs) in and around Detroit. Um, uh, But no, uh, no, it it gets into some dark subject matter. Um, Think about the title Barbarian. There's a reason it's called that. Think about what barbarians do. Think about the fact that I'm saying there is a content warning. You know, if if that raises any red flags for you, I would look it up before you see the movie. But other than that, I would say uh, this is a good movie to go in pretty blind. So mm-hmm. we're going to assume that you either don't care or have already seen the movie, because from here on out, uh, we're going to just talk about it. Spoil the shit out of it. Yeah, just turn off this podcast, go see the movie and then watch it. Uh, listen to it again. So that's the, the thing with please. that's the thing with us doing number one movies at the box office. I can always kind of safely assume that people either already saw it or didn't want to see it because people yeah. saw it. That's why it's number one. I'd imagine people just want these kinds of podcasts 
after they watch the movie. That's where, you know, it's Unless like having like, conversations with us outside yeah. the movie theater. Unless they're like, oh, I know that's a piece of shit. And I want to see John. Of Ver- I want to hear John Veronica rip it to shreds. Oh, yes. Shred, shred, shred. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's our reputation. (laughs) We are some real meanies. Um, And I think I vamped a bit enough. So if anyone who had really slow fingers was like, oh, no, I don't want them to spoil it. And they're trying to, like, stop the episode. But, like, we're just eating something greasy. So their phone's, like, slipping and sliding to their hands. And they're like, I can't press that pause (laughs) button. Oh, no, they're going to reveal the secret. Secrets. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you gotten a grip. You gotten a grip on that phone, and you were able to pause it. And you remember, remembered your password. or used your face unlock. Hopefully, you paused. So yeah, this is a movie. <laughs> it starts. <laughs> it's a movie about a woman named Tess who uh, goes to an Airbnb uh, for. Uh, she's going to a job interview uh, in Detroit. She goes to an Airbnb in a. Desolate to the point of uh, uh, a bomb went off neighborhood outside of Detroit. Um, And there's one house there that is still there. However, there's another gentleman there named Keith. They both uh, rented the same place, apparently. And um, then we get 30 minutes of is Keith a serial killer or not? Is he a threat to her? And in the end, um, well, whether he was a threat or not doesn't matter because there is a killer woman in the basement who bashes his head against the wall. We then make a hop, skip and a jump over to L.A. and follow another character, A.J., who is a um, a TV sitcom actor who has just been fired from his pilot uh, due to rape allegations uh, uh, and, and here's where, yeah, this is where the content warning was. Um, uh, uh, that are substantiated by him later yes, on. Yes, <laughs> rape allegations that he makes fairly clear are uh, warranted. Um, <laughs> we do not see any any of that. But then we, he goes to the house which he owns because he needs to liquidate uh, some funds. Um, and then we have a flashback to find out who owned the house. Turns out it was a serial kidnapper and serial rapist from the 80s who would kidnap women, lock them in cages in a secret basement that he, I guess, carved and dug himself, a dungeon, uh, rape them, impregnate them, rape the children, uh, impregnate them, and the killer uh, uh, woman is the... Rem- is. As a character says in an explanation scene that is my least favorite part of the movie, because boy, was it not needed. Uh, She is a copy of a copy. And that's what happens. Um, She's a crazy woman in a basement, as he says. (laughs) That's a quick little synopsis. because I don't really think the the synopsis is really the interesting part. I think there's much more interesting to talk about this movie. Uh, Parts about structure, parts about how it raises tension, all that stuff. But I want to start with my big question right now. Why, why, you know, like, (laughs) uh, I just thought that it, I think like, I, I recognize that it does some like structurally interesting and surprising things. And I think that was like the only thing that surprised me was the sort of the three part structure, uh, but otherwise, I felt like it went nowhere. It relied many times on characters being 
making stupid decisions to <laughs> keep them in the situations that they were in, uh, which is my least favorite horror movie trope. Uh, and also, like, it didn't make a ton of sense. So I guess those would be the three reasons why. <laughs> also, I didn't think it was that scary, to be honest. <laughs> and I didn't find the villain well or quote unquote villain like super compelling, I guess. OK, I can see or I can absolutely see all of those complaints Um uh to go through well first off the villain quote-unquote villain not being compelling is an interesting thing we'll get to i i definitely want to delve into the quote unquote of that part um because mm -hmm. that was something that i i was intrigued uh with both times and felt a little unsure with um because the, the killer is very much a victim um but uh, uh, the fact that it's not scary, I'll agree that like it's not. This is a movie about growing dread, and after that first, did you not find the opening act? Uh, did you not find it suspenseful? I this is I the thought... stuff with Tess and Keith before we switch up with AJ or find out what's going on with the house. I I felt like there was like something compelling and human about it, but then again, it relied on people being idiots. Like these people are just showing each other their Airbnb uh like reservations and then they're like, "Oh, I guess not." Then they tried the house owner instead of the Airbnb customer service, which would immediately book a hotel for them. And well, then they look for hotels on Google. She literally Googles a hotel. She tries one, it doesn't work. Then he's like, oh, there's a big doctor convention in town. Obviously, there won't be any hotel rooms available, which is, I feel like these are so many steps that they had to make in order for them to be in the situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. So it became just so, I don't know, it just felt so contrived because they just needed to get these two people in this house and make it so they can't like don't have a reason to leave but it didn't make any sense given all the information that we were given so it just felt like these two people are stupid okay well having seen it <laughs> so i watched it the second time the one thing that really stands out for me as truly unbelievable about her behavior is that once she finds out his name she doesn't google him right away um, they come up with a very good explanation for why she starts to let her guard down, that he actually is uh, a well-known subject of the documentary she is coming to research. It's a good enough explanation for her to let her guard down while also still being plausible at that point in the movie that he is uh, uh, has uh, malevolent, uh, malicious uh, intentions. Sure, but that it happens later. Like, the situation where she even ends up in this house, because that also happens like after she already takes a shower i think and all that and it's like no like th you see a stranger in a house I don't think she, she gets a leave. shower until the next day no she goes or maybe like she goes to the bathroom to like freshen up or whatever it is uh but oh, wait, anyway uh, sorry, pause. Like, are we having internet problems uh oh maybe it's me well now we definitely are i keep oh, i keep losing Ooh. you internet wise Okay. Um, How about now? Can you hear me now? 
I can hear you now, but yeah, you I, you kept freezing up. Is how's your internet? I'm sorry. I mean, it says that it's like I don't know intermittent, I guess, but I don't know how much. My Wi-Fi extender somewhere. My in, internet is really strong right now. No, it's definitely me. Sorry, what'd you say? But it's definitely okay. me. But I don't know what to do about it because my extender's in a box somewhere, so I can't really find it right now. Okay, well let's keep let's keep giving it. A, we'll keep giving it a try. If it becomes a problem again, I think we'll just turn your video off. Okay, cool. I can just do that. Let's do that. Uh, okay. Okay. Is that better? Um, well, we'll see how this goes. All right. Um, the clap. May, let me count the clap this time because I can't okay. see you. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, before we start, do you remember where we were? What was happening while that was all? Uh, you were well, talking, right? Maybe, when it started to. Yeah, I was talking and I said something about like, uh, I don't know. I guess like I'll just say like this doesn't make sense to me or something like that. And that would make sense. Well, I can say like, oh, I said I think she gets a shower the next day. Okay. And just respond yeah, yeah. to that, okay? Okay. All right. Three, two, one. All right. Well, I think she gets a shower the next day. Yeah, maybe she just freshens up or something like that. But my point is, is that, like, the relatable stuff of them getting to like each other, in my mind, happened after the contrived way in which they brought them together. Which, I don't know. I mean, I can see how that, I would not mind that if uh, the movie did other stuff really well. But in my opinion, it didn't really. So those yeah. are things I noticed. Yeah, I mean, so, okay. So the movie is clearly about uh, uh, violence perpetrated by men and specifically the threat that they, um, uh, that the th the threat that they are what's what's the word I'm looking for <laughs> the threat that the threat that they pose thank you <laughs> <laughs> the threat that they pose to women and uh, we have four main men in the movie one unseen who is Marcus the her her the boyfriend she is dodging phone calls from because she says he treats her like a pet. Uh, it's about a half hour before we see literal uh, dog cages that women were kept in. Um, and I th so the first act is very much uh, and it literally in the Wikipedia, Zach Kreger, the writer director, said that he had to try to write a scene that had as many red flags as humanly possible uh, for the man. Um <laughs> And that's certainly uh, the case. I, I think whether or not you, you know, agree with everything the test does, um, believability sure is, is surely a, uh, uh, an issue, but it's more important that you. It's about putting the audience in her headspace and whether or not you agree with the choices she makes. And certainly it's a horror movie. The characters make dumb choices. Uh, most importantly, her going down the steps when he's calling for help later. Um, <sighs> it has great choices that are designed in both audiences. I saw for everyone to go, no, but, um, uh, but yeah, I, to me, the believability was just enough for me 
when we are living in the realm of like satire and almost metaphor, uh, which is, I think, very much where we are. Um, and yeah, she does Google uh, hotels. But as someone who had a hotel uh, give away my room because I <laughs> had my plane delayed and they forgot that I called to say I'd been there late. Uh, but just a couple hours, uh, a couple hours, a couple weeks ago, I was in a city late at night with no hotel room. I just went on an app. Uh, uh, I don't need to give commercial. Uh, yeah, you uh, go on an app. You don't go on Google and click hotel, hotel, and like see, and then the thing call is like, one hotel and and then believe a guy and be like, oh yeah, yeah, it must be the doctor convention is in town. Yes, yes, no hotel is available. But right, it's like yes, you might be like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't believe him there. But aren't you? Aren't we? We're supposed to be judging everything he says while also judging how wary she is and if she's putting up enough precautions. I mean, they they have a whole conversation about how different the interaction would go if uh, uh, the roles were reversed and um, the woman was inside and the man was knocking on the door. Um, like, I don't think and you may disagree. I don't think she does enough wrong choices that like makes me dislike her. She makes about as many wrong choices as a horror movie character will make. And, you know, enough people make stupid choices all the time. It, it was to me, I was with her enough that while I <laughs> wish she hadn't made some choices, enough of the things she did where I was like, OK, that's a good thing to do. She took a picture I mean of his ID, all these little things. I never disliked her. I just felt that this was a movie being a movie. This was like a movie trying. They're like, okay, we have this very cool concept. How are we going to get these two people in there? Okay, let's not actually think about plausible ways. Let's just have like kind of very lazy ways for them to get together. I, I agree that that part is probably to me the most compelling part of it. Uh, and, uh, so I like, it's fine that it got to that point, but I just wish that the movie cared more about it and just made it feel like more unrealistic than it already is as being mm -hmm. a movie, especially because it is trying to be like commentary E and all that. It just felt like, I don't know. It wasn't necessarily contrived in that part. So specifically what took you out of the first act, is it is it more than just the believability of some of their choices? Um, did you like the performances? Uh, I thought, uh, I, yeah, I think they were both fine. There was nothing glaring about them. It's just like when, I don't know, I feel like that about a lot of movies, but especially in horror movies where they are trying to get like they are relying on characters making dumb decisions and some movies do it better than others where they actually do take the time to make those decisions make sense and be like the best stupid decision you can make in that situation. Whereas I feel like this one did not do that work. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. I, I, I don't uh, uh, I don't agree. I really, really liked the writing um, uh, and you, you would like them as well. But I really like the performances. But I really like the writing 
Uh, and I loved how the first half of this movie continuously everything, every step just got worse and worse. When you th like thought the things were at their worst, the next bit of information re revealed the situation to be worse than it was before throughout the entire uh, first uh, first act. And I thought um, I thought all the choices. All the choices that the characters make were believable enough to still like. You know, I give a horror movie enough uh, 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 leeway that it's fun to have them make choices where you're like, I don't know about that, buddy. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I totally get that if like I've seen movies where the choice is so dumb that it takes me out instantly. Uh, it just didn't hit me uh, that way with this one. But let's talk about other stuff. How do you feel about. We'll broaden up a bit, then we can talk about the other acts. How do you feel uh, about how the movie uh, tackles its uh, uh, subject matter and what it has to say about it? Uh, I mean, I guess, like, I actually didn't really think that movie was... I mean, I suppose on a very super... Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, it is about men being assholes to women, but it just, like, I don't know. I just didn't find it interesting. I didn't think, like, why was this movie set in Detroit? It didn't really take advantage of its setting as much as I wish it did. Because one of the most compelling reveals to me was the fact that at daytime, this street was entirely abandoned, save for this one very immaculate house, which was a very interesting visual thing. But then... I feel like it didn't really like this house could have been in any other suburb and the result would have been the same. Uh, I so and also I just feel like her whole thing was that she is being like they have this conversation about how you kind of are being fit into roles in certain relationships and how she was trying to avoid being i suppose quote unquote typecast as you know the woman who helps out or whatever the woman who sacrifices for the man but then it just felt like she never showed that she doesn't do that really i guess like except at the end where she shoots justin long but that felt like she doesn't I shoot justin long or who shoots him? Oh, she doesn't even shoot him. Yeah, she doesn't even do that. Yeah, like, mother yeah, pokes no. his eyes out. <laughs> she Yeah, she shoots another woman. That's even worse. Like, she doesn't ever actually, I don't know, overcome whatever her character, like, whatever arc her, her character was set out to overcome. So it just felt like... And the whole thing with him being a rapist just made it... It just felt like, to me, and I don't know that that was necessarily the intention of the filmmaker, but it just made it so you had no sympathy for this guy. So I was never really worried about him getting hurt or anything like that, because I was like, I don't care. He's a fucking dick for all, like, I don't care if he, like, dies. I don't care if he gets tortured. Like, there's no suspense in him, like, being in any danger at all to me. Because the filmmaker very clearly wanted him to be kind of a dick. 
I don't know. There was a lot of thoughts. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, uh, you hit on uh, the two major complaints I have about uh, about this movie uh, that that um, that uh, did keep it from uh, uh, you know I we'll get to my grade. It's going to be very high. I like this movie a lot, but I do <laughs> you know seeing it both both times. I had two major complaints, and we'll get to well, I can I can hit on both of them this time. One being that. Yes, I think a major misstep or a major like thing that I was missing was the fact that the uh, 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 economic downturn, the kind of the state of Detroit and specifically this neighborhood is never fully connected to the the themes of the movie, despite Mm -hmm. it being incredibly important to the plot and the imagery um, this is a movie about male barbarianism, uh, uh, male violence against women, the threat they pose. And one could say that a barbarian is also someone who uh, uh, treats property or land as ju- like things, everything they see as their own property. Um, and mm-hmm. there's like there's like stuff you could have done, like in the, the 80s flashback, you could have had the Kurt Braunholer neighbor character say some little line uh, where he's like, oh, we got to move these these men who run these car companies. They just don't treat the rest of us as humans. I mean, like, that's terrible, but <laughs> so, something like that, just something to connect the line, because the the whole uh, Detroit of it all was so important, both where they were. They talk about it with the Keith character's backstory, yada, yada, yada. He's this kind of like gentrifier art guy. You know, it, they just that part never really uh, fully connects. But my other mm-hmm. complaint is that. So I love movies like this. I love horror comedies. I love movies that use kind of genre trappings to really just explore ideas. I mean, and thanks to the huge financial success and award success uh, of uh, Jordan Peele, um, the studios are just letting people make movies like this and mm-hmm. they're getting huge releases and pretty solid budgets. It's great. And people are going yeah. to see them. Um, but uh, uh, like, so this is a movie where the characters are, you know, we get the first act, which is like this own little like, you know, a uh, little short story. Then we jump back in time. And once we just shoot to a different character who's so reprehensible, it becomes clear that we are just kind of playing variations on a theme. We are exploring uh, uh, men who get more and more outwardly sinister. Uh, we have. Uh, the boyfriend who won't take a hint. Then we find the strange man who seems like he might be a nice guy, but is also putting up some red flags. We don't know his intentions. Then we move on to the uh, uh, the guy who the the famous actor who has assaulted a woman. He claims there's gray area. But we, it doesn't seem particularly gray, but we get that kind of like me too uh, muddledness. And then we get to the cartoonish version of the rapist, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the version that even people like the Justin Long character, the gray area ones are like, well, I'm not like them. They're the real monsters. And we mm-hmm. get we see them all kind of in a. In a row, we get to com- compare them and see the, how they all are kind of on the same, just variations of the same uh, evil uh, 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 misogynistic beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it reveals all these ideas in interesting ways. My other major complaint, though, is once all these ideas have been revealed, we then get a 10 minute of a 10 minute chase sequence that to Mm -hmm. me, the the last 10 minutes were not particularly interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. We get a reveal that sure uh, uh, we get the reveal that Justin Long's character character is even worse than we thought. Uh, I mean, it's the one thing that that ending, the last 10 minutes has uh, from a new idea point is we get the Justin Long character confronted with like this true masculine evil. And he's, he's finally seems to get that he himself is not a good person, but he's going to try to be better. And moments later, he just fucking sacrifice, tries to sacrifice a woman for his own uh, uh, well-being, kind of mm-hmm. trying to uh, put a shame to all these kind of like post me too. I'm going to be better apologies. Um, and mm-hmm. that would that's a that's a fun little detail. But really, the last 10 minutes to me were a little boring because it, it just does kind of become just a little chase sequence. And I yeah. had uh, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid to say, um, but when I wrote a script a couple years ago that was a horror <laughs> comedy uh, that has not been produced, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not comparing the two. Not but yet. I had the problem. His phones is open though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got an email from my manager while we were waiting. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, 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 I had the issue that like the monsters such just a metaphor that when you get to the ending there is that thing of like well you can't just like shoot a metaphor that's not really satisfying (laughs) um and this this movie felt like it was dying for a fucking punchline when we get we get those shots of her walking away during the credits and i was so positive it was gonna have a punchline like with her Mm -hmm. getting another phone call from her ex-boyfriend or something um but yeah, like beyond just the weirdness of like, do we want this monster, this quote unquote monster to be shot in the face? Does I'm not sure she deserves it. Um, yeah, that part didn't ra- that part didn't really work to me. And that whole last chase, chase sequence bored me a little bit. Not that it wasn't shot interestingly, but the ideas stopped and I got a little bored from that. Uh, yeah. But overall, I found the other ideas really interesting. I mean, it's it's a fun thing where this is a movie written and directed by a man about violence perpetrated by men against women. And here we have a man and a woman hosting a show and the woman <laughs> doesn't like it and the man does. I don't know <laughs> if it's possible I should have less say in this subject. Uh, well... Uh, no, I, I don't think that's true, but yeah, it is kind of funny. You uh, hear that? I, my, my opinion's valid, guys. <laughs> yes, I speak for all women. Uh, <laughs> what did you, so another thing that I had an issue with is the, I guess the quote unquote mythology of the, the sort of the woman, uh, who's, I guess like. I don't even, she's not the barbarian. The men clearly are the barbarian, but I don't even know what to call her. I guess the spawn of the The credits call her the mother? The mother. (laughs) Just like, 
I mean, I'm going to be a nitpicker again, but let's fo- like let's try to calculate how old this person we is. We did the first time <laughs> I, I left the theater, we did the exact same thing. It does not really make sense. I think that flashback no. should have been earlier than the six, than the 80s. It should have probably been the 60s or something. Yeah, so it's definitely the 80s because that's sort of when Detroit was starting to go uh, sort of And down, we hear I Asia's guess. heat of the moment. Yeah, and we hear something about Reagan. Yeah, on the, the Reagan radio. administration has uh, uh, something about they've uh, inherited. They're claiming that they've inherited a bad economy. So yeah, so unless so, this person is supposed to be so many generations deformed, yet her creator is still alive, and perhaps. So, yeah, he's aged a normal amount that people would age from the 80s to the year of our Lord 2022 or whenever this movie is supposed to set. So it just that also just I don't know, that didn't make any sense. It didn't. Those are like the kind of things where I'm like, you could have just thought this through. There's like it literally doesn't. I feel like they wouldn't need to do much to change it. For him to actually, like, make the mythology make more sense the more you think about it. Well, we, um... <laughs> let's, let's nitpick, uh, let's really get into the timeline of this uh, rape and uh, kidnapping. No, but I, I'm curious, um, like, this person no, no. is supposed to be so, like, far removed from Mutated humanity from due to generations of inbreeding yet if you actually think about it this woman looks like she was born from the woman that we see him kind of set up to be kidnapped in that little vignette that we see that like, that being said i mean uh like thinking about it now um he's already buying baby stuff so he's already gotten at least one woman uh pregnant in the 80s it is po- like how old is that actor that's um do, 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 do. What is the actor's name? I mean, he's um, presumably in his 40s then. Uh, that would be my guess. But, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing that, to me at least, like no matter what thread I kind of pull at, there's always like, uh, yeah. That, well, that. okay. Uh, Richard Brake, <laughs> the actor who plays uh, Frank, the kidnapper rapist, is currently nearly 60. He's 57. So okay. it's possible we were already a couple generations in. What a fun. This was a, the first time I saw it. I was, I was a little thrown off that. The, the movie tonally had not led me to believe we'd be dealing this much with <laughs> well, rape I mean, babies. Yeah, this, but <laughs> this man was born in 1964, uh, yeah. I guess. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, but I guess, yeah. So he. Anyway, and that that's scene not takes place 30 part. years Let, ago. So he would have been. Let's talk about. Uh, yeah, let's well, talk about how fun Justin Long was because well, I we, did well, actually I, I, really I, I enjoy Justin Long. We never would have had to have that uh, that argument about the timeline if they didn't have that stupid scene where the homeless guy ha- explains that it's been generations and generations. I didn't need that explanation. Is there anyone yeah. in the audience who did not get that the mother was was the child of the rapist and a kidnapping victim. We did not who was raised in that dungeon. We didn't need any more information. And that I just found no. that explanation I, both overly detailed and a little troubling. I 
I don't know. It, it's almost as if they were terrified that they wanted to make her almost inhuman through the incest. But then that almost to me, making her inhuman and not just a confused victim makes it i don't know that part i just didn't really i just didn't really like um but yeah let's go back justin long's great (laughs) yeah i thought he was really good uh i'm i haven't seen him in a movie in forever and i don't know he had a very fun presence he was very effortless i just like despite and i think that's intentional but he kind of him being like a quote-unquote nice guy i guess i don't know him personally but like that's his persona kind of did work to the benefit of making his character like you know like you do want to kind of like him because he is justin long and he's very cute and funny and charming but then like you know being confronted with what he's done obviously that that stuff really works i really like the whole like him measuring the house and all that that was very funny that <laughs> i think that's one of the, fun, the funniest scenes of the year <laughs> i laughed both audiences i saw that with laughed very very hard when he is so excited to find out that the building he owns has a rape dungeon because that means he can add to the square footage on the real estate listing <laughs> yeah and also when he looks at the mattress or touches the mattress and just goes like gross <laughs> Just but everything like, in that sequence. Well, every like that whole. I I mean, we you mentioned the structural stuff, and I I think at the very least, it seems like you and I can agree that the structural stuff is interesting. Like I I it felt exhilarating to me when we get the uh, death of Keith. No offense, Bill Skarsgård. I thought he was great, but like when that happened, and then we suddenly cut to clearly the beach somewhere far away with a character we've never mm. met driving and singing like i i was like oh how how audacious um i i found that very i found well which was your favorite act of the movie you said the first act i think yeah i think even though it was devoid of justin long who i do think was my favorite actor in this movie i do think the first act has sort of I don't know, has the most suspense to me and was, I don't know, the most sort of like compelling in that sense, because it was still like a lot of sort of possibilities of what what could this be? Uh, And so I don't know, I thought it was very good. And I think Bill Sarsgaard, I never realized, was very handsome. So it was like, (laughs) I was like, this guy is very handsome. I've only seen him in like it. <laughs> you didn't think Pennywise was a hottie? No, I guess not. I was like, oh, so you are the handsome Sars guard. It's not. It's not <laughs> your brother. Uh, anyway, but that's besides the point. I was. I, I thought both of them were very compelling and charming. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think that was. I, I guess like my overall thing. The more I think about it, is that I think the structure, as you say, is interesting. And like surprising and cool. But then I just wish they filled it with more interesting things Hmm. Uh, where this is where I land to more interesting things to me because I can see how other people would be uh, into it. But I was not. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like we've mentioned all the main actors, including Kurt Braunholer, but have not named Georgina Campbell yet. She plays Tess. Uh, I thought she was really great. I, I realized yeah. I've only seen her in a Black Mirror episode. Who? Which Black Mirror episode? She's in the one where it's like uh, they they are inside of a dating app. Oh, the uh, Kill the DJ? That yeah, one? it's a, one of the cute That's ones. A- yeah, that's the, one of the, you know, things are not going to be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Black Mirror episodes. But yeah, I I thought she was excellent. I really uh, liked her. And I thought, I thought Skarsgård was really good at seeming both so creepy, but at the t- same time, plausibly like they could make this guy a good guy at the same time. Like yeah. he walked the line really well. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's all uh, of also his, uh, like ri- written perfectly as, as an Pennywise. obnoxious nice guy sorry what all of his years in training as pennywise the dancing clown but we, yes. we didn't even once get to see him cgi move his arm back behind his body or any of the things uh, that that clown did in that series that i didn't like um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed the first one i think the first one was pretty fun well, you guys can listen to our It Chapter 2 episode where I made it clear that I liked neither. Hold on. <laughs> is Kate Bosworth in this movie? Who is Kate she Bosworth? She is the voice of his agent on the phone. Oh, my gosh. That's and a, that's the a big writer-director guess. is the, uh, uh, the guy at the bar whose face we don't see that Justin Logg goes to meet. Oh, oh, yeah, the friend. That's cool. Uh oh, uh one other thing I wanted to talk about, which is uh so are all movies now gonna be de- uh playing the hideousness of the aging female body for horror? <laughs> that that really seems to be the trend of the year so far, with you know, X a movie I really, really liked. First off, X uh, was 2021. I know it's hard to believe, but wait, no, was X 22? No, X was earlier this year. I think Pearl just came out so fast. I think it X did. was like, I love Pearl. Can I just say how cool it is that X and Pearl are the second and third highest grossing movies of the weekend? Like, what a fun weekend. And I know that's just because nothing else has come out. <laughs> you mean you mean but Barbarian? You're right. Yeah, X and Pearl came out the same year. Uh, uh, yes, and uh, yes, we are going off the uh, off our our normal schedule, but unfortunately, neither of us have seen The Woman King. So, apologies to uh, Viola Davis um, and Viola Davis's guns. Oh yeah, dude, she got jacked. Okay, she who do you think jacked. who do you think would win in a fight, Viola Davis or the mother? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I doubt uh, uh, Pearl will ever get to number one, I, um, even though it's doing very well for the amount of money uh, it cost. And they've already announced Maxine. So I'll just quickly say uh, that is the only film franchise that deserves to exist. Get rid of all of them. Only X, <laughs> Pearl and Maxine. They're the only good ones. Uh, Pearl oh, is wow. great. Um, uh, uh Equally as good as X in totally different ways. Uh, Mia Goth is <laughs> so good. Uh, but that's my little pearl break. My little pearls of pearl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, well, speaking of... so Okay, so you say our uh, uh, female 
First off, I don't think she's aging. The mother seems fairly young. Um, Are you secondly, serious? No, she seems at least in her 40s. She's older well, than us. Mostly it's the fact that they got a, a tall, powerful man to play the character in makeup to make her look <laughs> both stronger and more horrifying. Um, but... Well, now you say it's playing up the fears of the aging, aging one body. I've seen a number of people uh, have a completely different read that she represents the violence men pose towards women returned upon them. Um, and I, uh, I, I certainly saw the the forced breastfeeding uh, scene was clearly filmed as a as a rape scene. Um, it is the the old alien thing of having a monster uh, do a uh, a rape on a on a man. Um, only even blunter. What with that movie being more about capitalism and this one actually being about rape. Um, uh, but um, uh, uh, but but I had I know uh, the comedian uh, Nicole uh, Conlon had. Where is it? She had a great thread going through a tons of the different things that the the mother seemed to represent. Um, I don't have it up right here. I probably should have. But I know one of the things she points out is how uh, the mother is forced nudity the way a unwanted dick pic is. Um, and some other. Oh, here we go. You know what? I'm just going to read her thread. Uh, Nicole Conlon on Twitter. She's a very funny writer. And uh, uh, these tweets are really good. Um, uh, she says, I can't stop thinking about how the monster and barbarian is the absolutely perfect way to convey the message of the movie. A lot of men, even relatively enlightened ones, see women as two things, sexual objects and caretakers. They want their girlfriend to be a sex freak and also tenderly take care of them when they're vulnerable. Uh, you'll see the phrase Madonna whore complex thrown around a lot on here, usually by people who have just learned it. <laughs> also related <laughs> barefoot in the kitchen, but that's basically it. Uh, so now you've got the monster who is a naked woman running around whose only desire is to care for her. Hey, fellas you want to see boobies and get fed well get ready fuckos because the finger on the monkey's paw curls and that which you most desired is horrifying but more impressive to me is the way that the mother recreates the female experience in a language men can understand in a way i don't think i've ever seen pulled off this successfully the experience of receiving an unsolicited dick pic a naked woman suddenly emerging from the darkness unexpected unwelcome but you're a straight man you're supposed to like it right look at it the unwanted penetration of the nipple and a partner unwilling to understand what you actually like, who thinks that caressing you in that way will make you feel good, who doesn't or can't realize they're actually only gratifying themselves and their desires. And of course, the constant awareness that the person of the opposite sex who is bigger and stronger than you could pop up at any time and destroy your life. Um, am I calling the mother from Barbarian a girl boss? Maybe I am. But mostly she's most successful attempt I've ever seen on film of flipping gender norms when it comes to sex and sexual violence. Um... Uh, uh, she continues, she continues, but I'm, uh, you know what? Follow Nicole Collin on Twitter and you can read the rest and all her other good tweets. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I took it more as that as, as like the, I, I, and I know, uh, to go back to X for a second, I know people criticize that movie of, um, being ageist 
in the way the uh, uh, elderly bodies are depicted and that the audience is supposed to uh, feel disgusted by them. But I actually found it to be part of, you know, the themes of the movie and the fear of aging and less ageist and more about just exploring a fear in an interesting way. Um, plus, those characters are very sympathetic. And I think this is very similarly. Yes, she's horrifying, but she's horrifying in a way that's designed to explore the themes of the movie. And she is herself supposed to, I believe, be sympathetic. We get a few shots of her eyes and her reactions when she's not being violent that seem to uh, make it clear the movie thinks she's supposed to be sympathetic. But yeah, so that was... Uh, mine and to a much better expressed uh, way Nicole's feelings on the character but you felt that mm. it was you you did not like the use of a, the naked body uh, to be horrific or, or well I think like this is uh, I think it's one of those things where it kind of it's one of those things where the artist might mean one thing but I feel like not everyone is gonna perceive it as such do you know what i mean no, i feel totally. like so and it's just it feels like yes we can all like write an academic paper or a twitter thread about what it actually means but i feel like at least like in the theater where i saw it and i it just from it just feels like most of the people were just like grossed out about a woman boob <laughs> uh, you know, feeding a man. Uh, I don't think they were thinking about, oh, oh, yeah, this is actually like, uh, like how women are usually objectified by men. Mm. I think that that might as well have been the intent of the author, but I don't know that necessarily that's, that this is how it comes across. Uh, but I feel like that's, you know, a totally valid reading and an interesting reading. Uh, but yeah, I guess yeah. I, I would. And like, I think in X, uh, it's also I feel like thematically X works so much better than this movie did for me. So it just, you know, it was way more clear what each, you know, each character symbolized and was going for. Whereas like here, because to me, at least like thematically, like it was sometimes not entirely coherent um, that like, I feel like these misunderstandings could happen more easily, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think, you know, having seen it a second time um, and having seen it a second time after reading like uh, uh, Nicole's thread, I definitely think what she was saying was the author author's intent. Um, and I, I definitely saw that, you know, the the breastfeeding as a rape scene to begin with um but you know in any kind of satire which i think this falls into or any kind of sim symbol symbolic thing where you are i, I think there is obviously going to going to be a diff like the risk of people quote unquote not getting it and sometimes that is the fault of the audience for just having bad comprehension skills but many times it's the fault of the artist for not making their intent clear enough where of course the other risk is going too far the opposite direction right. um but while i i disagreed for the with you for the most part on the way the mother was depicted i do feel i do feel weird about the ending i feel weird about her about tess shooting the mother dead i don't know what that's supposed to express 
Um, mm-hmm. But it did. It made me more sad than anything else. And yeah. I mean, the scene is supposed you're supposed to feel sad. The mother's sitting there going, you know, baby, 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 baba, baba, uh, mm-hmm. and then gets shot in the face. Like um, it's it is sympathetic, but mm-hmm. still her getting shot in the head, cut, cut hard to writer, director, title card uh, feels triumphant in a way that maybe it wasn't intended to be. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I feel like the movie needed a, some kind of punchline. Right. Yeah. It just it felt like, I don't know, her uh, Tessa's arc needed a better wrap up, I guess, because I feel like thematically Justin Long did get a, you know, a comeuppance that makes some makes thematic sense within the movie, whereas like it felt like she did not get similar closure necessarily to me totally totally well do you have anything else to say on the subject or should we rate this movie yeah let's rate this movie <laughs> i think i think we've talked through this my my therapy session was a success <laughs> <laughs> all right uh three two one a minus Wow, that <laughs> might could that be the furthest apart we've ever been? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I feel like we're usually pretty pretty close. I, scrolling I think through like, back through old episodes, I don't like that's a full A to C. That's that's pretty far. Yeah, I mean, I think we might have disagreed on like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was like another one ah, that I was more down on yeah. than you. you. You didn't like that, right? No, not a fan. Mm. I did buy the novelization, which I have yet to read. I <laughs> same on both counts. Um, uh, I think I liked Shazam more than you. <laughs> I don't, but I, don't but know I feel like was. we were both fairly positive on Shazam. I would say that. Um, oh well, you did uh, uh, really, really love. Um, what terrible movie can I pick? That would be funny for me to say. <laughs> Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. You really love 2021's Mortal Kombat, so... Yeah, that's true. I'm still waiting for... Best of the year, you for, said. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my bust to that tournament. I'm so I excited. remember you said, Any headline, now. finish me, because I don't need to see any <laughs> other movies after seeing Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Those were my exact words. Thank you so much for remembering. Yeah, well, I, I re-listen to all of our episodes uh, every night to go to bed. Um, Good. As you should. Uh, as you should. As you guys should. So in case anyone's doing that right now, let's start to wrap this episode up before they fall asleep. Because it's getting late, little babies. Ba 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 ba. Touch your head like the mother. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been we've been off the air the 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 air, so to speak, for a while now. So <laughs> since July, you seen anything good, Veronica? I mean, the sad truth is that I haven't really been watching that many movies. And out of those that I've seen, I didn't really like a ton of them. But I will say that I rewatched RoboCop, the original, and it's still fantastic and great. Uh, I watched A League of Their Own for the first time, and yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh and I also watched Bodies, 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 which had we have done the episode, we probably would have been exactly mirror flipped 
uh, on our opinions mm. on that one. Well, you would have had to been way higher than an A minus for us to be that flipped because I was disappointed by Bodies, Bodies, Bodies while still liking it quite a bit. Like okay, I would, I would have given that movie like a B minus. Oh, nice. I would have probably given it a B. Back to our half a grade difference. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts were uh, I loved it when it was funny, but there were like 30 minute stretches where no one talked. And I was like, this is neither scary or interesting enough. Can you please get the funny people back on screen to talk? <laughs> That's fair. What have you seen, John? Um... Well, I, I have seen I don't I can't remember if we would have talked about it on the time, but I've seen Nope twice. And <laughs> interestingly enough, I liked it much more the second time. I oh, still wow. think I uh, uh, I think I think it's very possible that Jordan Peele was terrified of anyone telling him. Boy, it's a little too obvious. So I think there is like a little bit of unnecessary obfuscation of both message and also sometimes character motivation um, mm -hmm. and chronology uh, that hurt my enjoyment the first time. Uh, watching it the second time, I liked it much more um, and not in a way that like, oh, it's it's a movie that, re that rewards uh, extra viewings, which I think it does, but to a fault. I think I was, um, mm. it, it's certainly not my favorite of his and probably definitely on first viewing, probably my least favorite, but on all viewings, a visually fascinating, a beautiful movie and a fascinating movie. Um, and I'm liking it more the second time. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll love it. Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh, um, keep trying. Uh, I saw Prey, which fucking ruled. Mm -hmm. Prey is uh, the new Predator movie. Um, uh, those of you who remember, uh, uh, did we? Is our first episode of this show the Predator, or was that our test episode we didn't release? I think it was a test episode we never released. Well, uh, so you'll never know what we thought of the Predator from 2018. <laughs> uh, you can now; it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> um, Sadly, um, and uh, other than that. Gosh, I finally saw the Mitchells versus the Machines, and it's wonderful. It's so good. Oh, nice. I wanted to see it. I'll, maybe it's I'll really see good. It. I kept putting it off, and I saw this on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> so it's shitty airplane audio with the captain continuously coming in for announcements to pause the movie and on a plane that had already been delayed by four and a half hours. So I was in a <laughs> terrible mood, and I still fucking loved it. So, yeah, the Aww. Mitchells versus the Machines. It's wonderful. How do you find on planes in general? Do you find that you're more generous with movies on planes or you're more impatient with movies on I planes? I frequently stop like 20 minutes in because I'm like, I can't pay attention. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same, but I find a lot of my friends actually grade movies they watch on planes higher. I don't know. They blame the altitude. They were like, I was oh, going to say, did they not plane. have enough oxygen? What was happening on the plane? Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm always very impatient. You, a movie has to be really, really compelling for me to pay attention to it. Well, here's a, a question. Did they do they watch the movie on their own devices or on like from the airplane selection on like the airplane little screen? Oh, I, I, I guess I never asked that question. I, I wonder if that changes it. I usually watch it on the little screen and it's not great. Yeah, same. Oh, I will say I watched Emily the Criminal, which I enjoyed quite a bit. I thought Aubrey Plaza was really good. 
Uh, I had some issues with the movie, but overall, pretty interesting concept. And I feel like not a lot of movies discuss the sort of the trappings of, I guess, student debt and gig economy and all that stuff. And I thought that she was actually really, really good. All right. Um, she frequently is. I like her <laughs> a lot. Um, nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I saw uh, uh, Not Okay, um, the movie, which is basically uh, Ingrid Goes West meets, uh, uh, you know, World's Greatest Dad or something. Um, any of the movies. And yeah. boy, that movie had such a great uh, premise and then kind of squandered it. Um, good lead performance, though, too. But yeah, it made me go, boy, I should rewatch Ingrid Goes West. That was fun. OK. Oh, yeah. So what's what <laughs> let's we're let's we're gonna get back on track with this show, I swear. So what's our yes. next episode? So our next episode is gonna be a vintage one, and oh boy, the pickens are here. Uh we could watch 1982's E.T. the Extraterrestrial, <gasps> which was still number one after like 13 weeks, which is kind of crazy. Uh we can watch 1992's The Last of the Mohicans. Oh we can God, watch two I've never seen it. We can watch 2002's Red Dragon, a movie that I actually quite enjoyed despite the Brett Ratner of it all. Or we can watch Taken 2, The Other Taken. <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, so we we'll probably be back with an episode on ET. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, you should definitely watch The Last of the Mohicans. Um it's super fun, but I don't know that us talking about it will mostly just us being like this might be problematic, but God, the score is so good. It's <laughs> <is> so soaring. <laughs> uh, truly one of the greatest scores of all time. Look it up if you can't. If you're not li- hearing it in your head right now, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's that music from that commercial I really liked. The music, not the commercial. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll be back with something. Uh, until next time, um, uh, uh, we love you. Sleep tight, dear listener. Good night, dear listener. Bye bye. Ba 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 ba. Wa wa ba ba. Toot toot. <laughs> <laughs>